0: All right, Boca podcast listeners, thanks so much for joining us uh, yet again for another episode and kind of a new topic or at least a different take on a topic. I'm here with my new friend, Taylor Fisher. Thank you so much, Taylor, for making time for Boca.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here.
0: Well, and we're going to, as I mentioned to you before we start recording, I'm excited to kind of get to know you a little bit better. I'm, I'm at your website right now and I'm intrigued already. So we'll get to that here in just a second, but we normally start off the podcast with something that we call our technique for time. And very simply, I'm curious if there is a particular workflow tip or technique that you utilize in your life as a photography business owner to create more time for yourself and your family.
1: Yeah, so honestly, gosh, it was probably back in 2015. Um we had a pretty crazy year. We had booked 40 weddings that year and it was really only our second year shooting together as a couple and shooting in Colorado. We had a little over 40 weddings and I just had a meltdown in a Starbucks just cuz I I was totally burnt out from the editing. From shooting creatively, I felt like we were kind of stagnant just because we had been shooting so much. And it was then that one we, we got in touch with with you guys with photographers at it, and two we decided that we were going to take Sundays off, and that was a huge a huge decision for us, and it was really stressful. But we had to be super super diligent about doing that. We were really nervous about losing business and kind of upsetting clients by not working on Sundays, but by doing that it's it's made a world of difference. But I think my my biggest piece of advice for technique for time is just being super diligent about it cuz it it doesn't just happen and we've we've had months where we're we we tell ourselves, well, we'll just we'll we'll take a break here, and, and once we're done with this project, or once we're done with with this wedding. But if you're not diligent about carving out that time and making time for your family and for yourself, then it, it just doesn't happen.
0: Yeah, I, and I'm really glad that you bring this up. I was actually just having a conversation with a photographer out of Georgia, Bobby Brinkman, who was making a very similar point. She, interestingly enough, actually schedules Wednesdays off, and that was something that I hadn't heard before. I thought it was kind of cool. You know, you, you schedule it midweek.
1: Yeah, that's really smart.
0: It is. But but either way, whatever day that, that our listeners choose, I think setting at least a day aside a week where you're you're able to shut your computers down, even put your phones down and and not do work is a good thing. It's nice to, I mean, mentally to take a break. I know as of late in the last month or two in particular, I've just been going 100 miles an hour. It seems like pretty consistently. And even at the end of the day, my, my mind is just kind of in warp drive and I have to kind of come up with a way or have come up with a way, actually, fortunately, that that helps me kind of relax my mind and calm down a little bit for the sake of just getting decent sleep. But we have to do that in kind of a larger scale by taking time off. And, And I love that you guys are very just proactive about setting a particular day aside and that's certainly going to pay off. This is something that I actually used to do with my with my kids. We had we would do something called Fun Sunday. Um, so oh, S- fun. Sunday, yeah, Sunday was the day that the kids knew that like computers get closed and they get dedicated time. And of course, we'll spend time with them at other points during the week. But this was a day where mom and dad weren't going to be working, and they knew that. And it also kind of created some accountability, which was an interesting thing. We ended up moving that to. Uh, actually, it started with Fun Monday and then we moved it back to, to Fun Sunday once the kids started in school. My son started in school. But, yeah, creating that day off is, is really important. You mentioned Photographer's Edit, and I certainly didn't ask for the pl- the plug. I appreciate you mentioning editing, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. when you're shooting 40... 40- oh,
1: gosh, I felt, I felt awful. I called and I was just sobbing. So I, oh. I feel bad for whoever I ended up talking to because it, it was just one of those breaking points that I, I think a lot of people go through. Um, which I mean, it's, it's a blessing to have a business take off and, and feel like you're being really successful. But then, you know, sometimes you, you just hit that wall where you're not really sure what, what direction you're supposed to go. And so, so yeah, so yeah. <laughs>
0: well, I'm, I'm just glad that you've found benefit from that. I know it's a big deal. Uh, well, first of all, to be shooting 40 weddings and to manage the editing from that. I've actually been in that very place myself, so I know how tough that can be. But then to give that up and there's kind of the apprehension of, is this going to work? And, you know, the idea of handing kind of your baby over to somebody else to take care of your imagery is a big deal. But thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to be able to to work with you guys. Um, yeah
1: absolutely. It's uh, great great working with you guys.
0: <laughs> well, and and I have to say too that that again, for those listening in, if you haven't had the opportunity to to check out Taylor, and, and her husband, Mike's website, if you just go to taylorjonesphotography.com, just like it sounds, pretty straightforward, you can see some of their beautiful imagery, speaking of, of imagery. And I'm actually on your, your About Us page right now. And this particularly intrigued me. I love horses. I've never really had the opportunity. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. I've never had the opportunity to own them myself, but I, I just think they're beautiful, beautiful animals. And there's this picture of you and Mike on horses. Is that something that you guys get to do regularly?
1: Yeah. So it's, it's funny. We're, we're totally not, you know, to be cheesy, but a cart before the horse kind of couple. We don't really, I mean, we, 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 we think things through to a degree, but we don't let nerves kind of stop us from doing something that, that we want to do. I love it. Yeah, neither neither Mike and I had grown up with horses. We didn't really know much of anything about horses, but we were we were interested in them and we we really wanted to have one and we found just this this wonderful wonderful horse. His name was Timber. He was our first horse and he was so patient. He was, he was bomb proof and he let us kind of make mistakes with him. And I mean, we didn't know how to put on a bit whenever we, we got him. So I'm sure we did it upside down and made it uncomfortable for him a couple of times, but (laughs) but he was, he was such a, such a great horse. And we actually bought our our ranch, which was another cart before the horse kind of thing. We um, didn't, yeah, we 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 bought a ranch about 2 hours from where we were living near Denver and unfortunately about a week before we we moved him out to the ranch he passed away. Oh no. But yeah, but in 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 the photo those were um, our our other two horses that we got and it was that that was one of the things that that we were able to do once we decided to start taking Sundays off. We were able to go horseback riding. I mean, we're not like barrel racers or anything. So it was just nice trail rides. Out in Colorado, we were able to take our horses out. We just had a son. He's about six months old now. So we haven't, I was, wasn't able to go horseback riding during the pregnancy. And we're sure. still trying to figure out how to fit in, fit in the time. Um, but it was definitely one of those things that we really wanted to start doing once we did take some time for ourselves.
0: That's so cool. There, there, I mean, for those of you listening I and mean, this is a totally random kind of off topic, but, um, if you've never been horseback riding before, you've got to give it a shot. It's a, first of all, horses just are beautiful, beautiful animals, but also the experience of being, having the opportunity to be able to ride an animal that is so much bigger and more powerful than you are is a bit of a humbling experience oh, too. It's,
1: it's so humbling <laughs> to feel kind of out, out of control Is is a really cool experience.
0: Well, and, and speaking of, I also noticed on, on that about us page that Mike mentions motorcycles. Uh, do you guys ride motorcycles together?
1: Yes. Oh gosh, I do not. But Mike, so Mike pretty much came out of the womb on two wheels. He's, um, he's had a motorcycle since he was, I, th- I think he was like two when his dad got him his first motorcycle. It was this little yellow, like banana looking motorcycle. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, he he actually raced dirt bikes for, for a really long time. And he is right right now, he's the creative director for a motorcycle magazine. So he lived and breathed motorcycles. He actually did sports photography for the dirt bike community. And he did videography um, for the dirt bike community. So whenever we we met, it was kind of one of those things where he had all the equipment and I just... Switched him over to um, shooting brides and in weddings instead of motorcycles and dirt bikes. So it was it was a pretty fun transition for him. But but yeah, he's been racing and living and breathing uh, motorcycles for a long time.
0: Well, to to our conversation about doing something that kind of scares you and pushes you outside your comfort zone and and uh, makes you realize how kind of tiny you are. That is the, that is <laughs> yeah. another experience that I've fortunately had the opportunity to delve into in the last couple of years, and it's just just been absolutely. Incredible. It's totally taken me. And, and it's also, I mean, technically challenging too. you know, as much as we are so obsessed with photography as photographers and art, and, and then of course, running a business, it's nice to have something that enables you to to break out of what you normally spend time doing, that can also be challenging, can force you to grow or cause you to grow. Um, it, it's motorcycle riding is definitely one of those things, but
1: yeah, absolutely. I, I tried, I did, I did try riding a dirt bike once it was one, one of our family friends. I think she was 12 at the time. So it was a pretty small bike and I haven't done it ever since then, but I will, I I love jumping on the back of of the motorcycle with Mike. That's, that's one of our favorite things to do as well, especially in in Colorado. There's so many, amazing places to ride and so honestly we're we're trying to plan a a date night this week and we we haven't been able to take the motorcycle out since our our son was born so we're really excited to to get to do a date night and go do some trail riding yes
0: Oh, there's there really isn't anything like it that picture of you guys on the horses is that on your ranch
1: yeah yeah so that was oh gosh i i think we had just moved to the ranch maybe two months earlier and so yeah that that was Pretty pretty fresh after we moved here. We've we've been here for for two years now, but that was pretty shortly after after we moved, and we we just love it here. It's in um, a teeny little town called Nathrop, Colorado, and most people have never heard of it. So the the other towns that that, that it's close to is um, Salida, Colorado, and Buena Vista, and it's just amazing. It's one of the only places I think. I'm not sure if it's in, in, in the world, if I'm exaggerating, but where where you can see like where the valley floor is and you can see the mountains just rising up from the valley floor. There's like a certain, certain number of, you know, like 7,000 or 9,000 feet of elevation Oh, my gain. word. Yeah, maybe not that much. I might be exaggerating, but I think... W- at, at least in Colorado, it's one of the few places you can go and just see the mountains actually coming up from the valley floor. And it's just, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful area of Colorado. The, the community here is, is so wonderful. It's, it's a really, it's a, um, a, a lot of young families, um, quite a few photographers actually, and we're all friends, which is really nice. But yeah, it's it's a great place to be.
0: That's beautiful. I've had the opportunity to spend some time in Colorado, but but the idea of being able to live in that environment consistently, I'm I'm so jealous already. Even just listening yeah. to you describe it, it sounds absolutely yeah. amazing.
1: Oh, it, it 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 is, and it's it's funny because we 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 have a lot of friends tell us that you know, we're, we're living their dream or they're, they, they, they are jealous. And for us, it was just kind of a no brainer. I mean, and uh, uh, again, we were terrified making this decision to, to buy it by the ranch and move, you know, an, an extra two hours away from home and away from Denver. We had no idea how it would affect the business, but it was, thankfully, Mike is kind of a fearless person. Whenever he makes decisions, he makes them and sticks to them. And, and we just decided if this doesn't work out, then it doesn't work out. And, and we'll kind of go back to, to square one. But, I mean, we've totally been blessed more than we ever thought that we would moving out here.
0: I love it. it share something. And you've, you've already kind of led us into your life, and I really appreciate that. But can of share something yeah. that maybe is random that most people wouldn't know about you guys?
1: Oh, gosh. So about us as a couple... I mean, again, I kind of, I kind of say that we're a cart before the horse kind of couple, which I, I think for us has luckily worked out very well for us. We, yeah. um, we were watching HGTV one night in our apartment when we were dating, and decided to call a mortgage lender and get get approved for a house, and bought a house, and flipped it. And we, we, we don't really think too much about making big, scary decisions that I think a lot of our family and friends might. Mall over for you know months or even years before they actually execute it and so we we kind of did this the same thing with the photography business at the time we were dating we were out camping in in Colorado one night. And I just really wasn't happy with the job that I was in. I did not realize that I was not a nine to five kind of person and work on weekends kind of person, but I was just not happy. And again, we'd only been dating for about six months. And Mike told me, well, if, if you ever want to quit your job, whether it's in two days or, or two years, I totally support you and we will figure it out and make it work. And luckily for me, Mike went to, to, to business and marketing school here in, in, in Colorado and in Denver. And so he had that that business mindset. And it wasn't two days later that I walked in and quit my job. And we just kind of hit the ground running at, at that point. And so, you know, as far as a couple, we just kind of make decisions and then execute them. But
0: um, what do you think enables like, you to do that? Because that's that's not a tendency that most people have, especially in the photography industry, you kind know, of the, the artist mindset, um, you know, we're very emotionally driven and and kind of riding that emotional roller coaster can get in the way of just making simple, logical choices sometimes. What enables you guys to do that?
1: For sure. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, I, I feel like I, I, I'm a, a little more reserved than Mike. Is but at at the same time, I mean, I packed up my life when I was 22 and put everything I could into my little Corolla and moved out to Colorado and didn't really know what was going to happen, who I would meet. Um, what direction my, my, my life was gonna go in, but I think just making a couple scary decisions once you kind of see how they pan out, it gets a lot easier. yeah and so with with the photography that that was kind of the first scary decision that that we both made as a couple. Mike was working full-time and and he was very adamant that I do not work any other jobs. He was like, if you don't give this one hundred and ten percent, you will not be successful. But if you can give this 110% of your time and energy, then you, you just can't fail. And he was so sure about it. And so, and and I mean, honestly, Nathan at that time i had only shot two weddings and they were for my, my cousins. So, I mean, it's, it's not like I had been doing this for, you know, years and just wasn't really sure if I could turn it into career. This was, I love photography. I would love to run my own business. I feel like I have the personality for it. Maybe we should go for it. So So that, that I think having Mike's confidence in his, he's totally confident in just making big, scary decisions, whether it's buying a house, selling a house, buying a ranch, you know, getting alpacas. We, we just got alpacas. (laughs) We know nothing about alpacas, but it was like, well, what's the worst that can happen. And so we, we, we got a little herd of alpacas. I mean, it's just been such a, a roller coaster of uh, of fun and exciting decisions, but I, I, I honestly don't, don't know why, it, it just kind of comes easy for us and I, I totally think that, that it's a personality thing but I, I I also think that once you start making those hard decisions it just gets easier and easier to, to make them and then get really excited about what the outcome is going to be.
0: Well, I, I hear, you know, really we could and I almost want to do a whole separate podcast episode <laughs> just on the t- this topic because I think it's a really important one. I've certainly seen the benefits of my own life of just making decisions and going for it and I've talked before even even about Something as it, not necessarily simple, but it, it's certainly relevant to the conversation. Like skydiving, where I, I'm scared to death of height, still am. Really,
1: <laughs> yeah, no way. <laughs>
0: but but you know, going taking taking that plane ride up to between twelve and fifteen thousand feet, and just making a, a choice to kind of push the fear out of my mind, and then you know, fortunately, when you jump uh, for the first time, you're going tandem with somebody who has experience jumping, and so you're ultimately not kind of responsible for the actual choice of jumping out of the plane. So it makes it a little yeah. bit easier, but there's some yeah. similarities there too, to, to what you're talking about. I'm hearing two elements that enable you to be able to make these choices. One is to have somebody on your side, somebody that's got your back. And it's very similar in that sense to, to skydiving and that you've got somebody who, who has confidence um, that can enable you to make those decisions. And that makes all the difference in the world to have somebody or a group of people that have got your back. And then the other thing that you mentioned, I think is interesting and should be pointed out is you said in, in purchasing the alpaca, alpacas that, you know, what's what's the worst that can happen, right? And I think there's an assumption a lot of times in making decisions that something you have to know that something is going to, quote, be okay, or even perfect. Yeah. And And yet... Worst case scenario, you make a, a change of direction and you, you go a different direction, or you make a different choice. You make an adjustment, and and the worst that can happen is that you end up making a decision to do something different in the end. And and so I think that kind of flexible mentality, understanding that you may have to course correct, also enables you to be able to step out and do something that you don't necessarily know the end result of.
1: Yeah, for for, for sure. And and I think I mean if if people are wanting to to kind of be a little more fearless. I think just making simple decisions like that—that that was one of the first things that I really fell in love with. With Mike was that if he made a decision, he was sticking to it. If it was, hey, let's go camping this week, and there was no question in my mind if we were going to go camping this weekend. There, there was no. Well, maybe something will come up. Maybe the weather won't be good. Didn't matter. We were we were going no matter what the weather looked like. No matter what what phone calls we we ended up getting, we were going to go camping. And so I I think building that, that trust in yourself. If, if you're not married or if you're not, you know, in, in a relationship, just building your, that, that trust with yourself, like, okay, I can make a decision. I can stick to it. Yeah. And X, Y, Z opportunities came out of this one small decision that, that I ended up making.
0: That's cool. I, I love it. We may have to come back and do another episode on that. It's, it's a really <laughs> great topic. <laughs> and maybe we can get Mike involved in the conversation too. That'd be a lot of fun.
1: But that sounds great. Yeah. We, we would love that.
0: Talk to us a little bit about your photography business. I know that you're offering wedding photography and of course the beautiful environment that is Colorado, but what's your photography business's brand position? What sets you apart from other photographers in your market?
1: Yeah. So I think, I mean, it's, it's kind of hard in, in Colorado. We, we obviously love the mountains, but if you're living in Colorado, chances are you love the mountains. Um, so I think for, for Mike and I, we, we, we are a husband and wife team and there are a handful of husband and wife wedding photographers in the area. And we're, we're friends with, with all of them. But I, I, I honestly think that's one of the things that makes us stand out because a lot of our couples who do find us had really no idea that husbands and wives could shoot together or that they'd want to shoot together. So we're I mean, I I guess if I had to sum it up I'd say we're kind of more of a, a country husband and wife team. If you if you saw Mike here at our house, you would never, ever, ever, ever imagine that he goes away. <laughs> you know, to three three weddings in a in a in a weekend. He's he's got his boots on, he's got his cowboy hat on. Yeah. And so I I think we that that really helps us resonate with couples and kind of get grounded with couples when they realize, oh, they're just normal people. We're not, you know, there's there's nothing super special about us, but but we do gather our inspiration from being in the mountains, which is why we, we've lived in the mountains for the last, you know, five, six years. Wow. And we we love working with couples who are getting married in the mountains and reciting their vows in the mountains. It's just I think it's just kind of an inspirational place for, for everybody involved. So
0: and how would you say that you set the the tone for that we were talking about the idea of a brand position, but you, you're describing this kind of you're the you're the country wedding photographers, almost how do you communicate that feeling that vibe to potential clients?
1: yeah, so I think honestly it for us it comes pretty easy, and I think if you're true to which this sounds so corny, but if you're true to who you are, your business will reflect that and it it just always amazes me the people that try to copy other other people try to copy other photographers because it's just not sincere. And so yeah. for us it just comes kind of kinda easy. We, we we really worked hard on our website these last couple of years on getting our brand out there because obviously it's it's under my my maiden name, the, the Taylor Jones photography. And unfortunately by the time we got married, we had booked booked and shot quite a few weddings um, that we couldn't really change the business name at that point. Sure. But we we really wanted to to let people know that we are a husband and wife team despite the that, you know it's using my maiden name, and so we we spent a lot of work on the website getting our personalities out there, and then the brand just kind of formed around our personalities, like you said you know if if you go to our our about us page it's pictures of us on our horses at our ranch. Our our Instagram feed is very personal. We we obviously, you know, post photos of our couples, but like just last weekend I posted a picture of us camping with our son in, in our new little teardrop trailer. And so, oh, so we, cool. We, yeah, we we definitely try to be open and, and transparent with people and, and honestly it's it's really paid back like tenfold being open and honest because quite frankly we haven't had to not had to, but we haven't met with a couple. We've met with one of our 2018 couples and we've got about just about 30 weddings booked for this year. Wow. And that's just because people go to our website, they go to our Instagram, they know who we are, what we're about. They're ready to book no reason to get together and, yeah. and hang out and, and, you know and so that's been really a really crazy change for us because we used to meet with every couple and go out for drinks or go out for dinner but I think you know kind of putting who we are and 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 what we're about pretty clearly on our website has made a huge difference in in how the business functions and and the the kind of couples that we're booking
0: and this is and this is going to be a beautiful segue really into our focus and conversation today which has to do with how to effectively design your photography business, and, and you're going to kind of break that down for us. But how would you say, I mean, you made an interesting point, which is, of course, the the significance of being yourself. And it does sound kind of cliche. We hear it a lot these days. Um, it could probably mean different things to different people. But how do you choose to make sure that your brand effectively reflects who you really are, while also being aware of the market and the market trends so that you don't, that there isn't a disconnect, um, you know, because somebody could say, Hey, this is who I am, but they're not paying close attention to what brides are actually looking for, for example. And so maybe there's gotta be a a healthy balance between very effectively showing who you are with also being aware of what brides are looking for. Is there a balance to be had in there somewhere? What, what does that look like to you?
1: I do think so. I mean, I think, you know, obviously if, if, if you're, you know, still in that in that party phase and your and your idea of fun is going to bars every night you don't want to try to reflect that in your business um, <laughs> but you know kind of digging deeper and thinking okay who 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 am I I, I, love, I love the mountains okay what do I love about the mountains and, and honestly whenever we did our, our branding, so whenever I, I quit my job, we literally, Mike picked me up that, that day. Cause they told me to go ahead and leave that day. They were like, we don't need two weeks. You're, you're done. Wow. So Mike, yeah, Mike came and picked me up and he had packed our bags and we went to Telluride and Ure for a, a week. It was a six hour drive and I was crying for most of it. Cause I was just terrified. I had no idea what I had just done. I didn't know anything about running a business. All, all I knew was I, I had a camera and I loved taking photos. Yeah. Um, so we went to like the most one of the most mountainy part of the mountains of Colorado and spent a week brainstorming branding. And we physically went to where we love to be to decide this is the direction that our business should go in, and this is what the branding should look like, and this is what our um, logo should should reflect. And I think there's there's definitely a standard that that brides have, but it's it's not it's not you know rocket science people want someone who's trustworthy who's professional who is relatable and i think those top 3 things can pretty much book any any bride it's just a matter of which bride that you want to work with which couple you you want to work with and so making your branding who you are but then also re, you know recognizing okay it at least needs to be professional and it has to be a trustworthy branding which kind of leads leads into the design portion of our conversation But, um, but yeah, I think that there, there is a balance, but it's, it's not like a a fine line. You just have to kind of keep in mind what the most important part of being in this industry is.
0: What would you say the toughest lesson is that you've learned as a business owner so far?
1: Oh my gosh. It's that's such a hard question because I feel like becoming, you know, whenever you start running a business, it's, it's kind of like becoming a new parent. There's this huge learning curve
0: <laughs> yeah, that, it's a that good way you way to learn.
1: Yeah. I mean, in that first year, my gosh, like things just change so much. <laughs> yeah. And, and kind of like, you know, being, being a parent, you watch your baby business grow mm. so much in that first year. And, and it's all based off of decisions that, that you make and the lessons that, that, that you learn that kind of shapes and molds your business into what it is. But I think the biggest thing that I learned, and again, this was kind of one of those cliche things that was super annoying to hear when you're starting out, but is it's that you can't be everything to everyone. And I think whenever you are starting out, or even if you've been in the industry for a long time, nobody trusts a jack of all trades. And so, you know, you you don't want to be that person who's like, I shoot weddings and I'll shoot your dog and your cat and oh, you're, you're selling your home. Well, I'll, I'll go ahead and shoot the real estate photos for that too. And while I'm at it, I'll... Shoot your kids playing basketball next week, and then get photos of the <laughs> of the muffins that that you wanted for your new food blog. So it's <laughs> yeah. nobody trusts somebody who can do do it all. Even if you can't, even if you're fantastic at all those things, honing in and really picking what you're passionate about will really repay you more than than trying to do everything for everyone. And I think. You know, initially, whenever we started out, we had families and and seniors and weddings all all over the website. And it's kind of it's kind of gone in, in, into the direction of working as a husband and wife for weddings. And we we totally shoot families. And especially as our couples grow from getting married to being parents and 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 growing their family, we, we definitely want to be a part of those milestones. But if you go to our website, then on, on the homepage, it is all weddings. And if you go up to the menu, there's a section where you can find, you know, families and um, proposals or like, the two big things that we have on there. But yeah, I think just realizing and accepting that you cannot be everything to everyone as much as you want to, and but you, you just can't.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't think we've had any guests on the Boca podcast that have specifically said that people will have a hard time trusting you. So I'm curious if you'll break that down. What What do you mean by that? And why do you think that is?
1: You know what? I'm, I'm not sure why it is, but if, if you can imagine... If you, you know, wedding days are such a a huge day. So if you can imagine putting it in, in, in a different world, like, okay, I have to have surgery on my stomach. And I go to this doctor, and he's like, "Great, I'm going to do your surgery. And while I'm at it, you know what? I might as well clean your teeth because you probably haven't been to the <laughs> dentist. We'll yeah. just give you a, a pedicure while, while you're here. <laughs> and then, it, I mean, and then we'll, we'll also babysit your uh, dogs and your and and your son while while you're in here, so you yeah. don't have to really, you know, it's you just be like, wait, 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 wait. I I hired you to do this one job. Why why would you cover all my other bases? Makes sense. Um, now now if, if you get you know surgery on your stomach and then while while you're there recovering your doctor says hey do you do you want us to do xyz while you're here then maybe that's fine so you know but i mean it's just if if you put it into a, a different industry or you know if, if a plumber comes to your house and he's like well i'm here i can do your electricity you know it's just one of those things where you go from trusting this person to not trusting them at all because yeah. you're like well do you, do you even know what, what what you're good at and what what you can deliver on on this one project? So it's it's a, it's such a funny funny thing because again, when you're starting out, you aren't really sure. You're kind of testing the water, and you're, you're not really sure what what it is that you're going to be passionate about and which direction you're going to go in.
0: No, I like I don't think I've, I've quite heard it described that way before but that makes sense you, you ultimately do want to work with somebody who specializes in the particular field of photography that you're looking for and um, and of course we've this is something that we've discussed in the podcast before. The, the significance of being a specialist, uh, especially when it comes to marketing, it makes it, makes it so much easier to be able to, to develop and market a brand if you have a specialty.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. And
0: and ultimately to set yourself apart, too. I mean, if you're going to a networking meeting and you say, I'm a photographer, I mean, I, I experienced this firsthand before locally listening to other photographers describe themselves as quote specialists but then listing off you know five different things that they were photographing <laughs> yeah you're, you're obviously not a specialist in that point it, it certainly makes it easier to develop a brand when you do have a specialty and and there's a likelihood too that as you as you pointed out that that potential client may trust you more with that specialty, um, kind of switching gears a little bit. And speaking of gear, actually, what, what's something that is in your gear bag? That's a favorite, maybe a camera body or lens or accessory, uh, that you might want to tell our listeners about.
1: Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited about this question. So we, (laughs) whenever we shoot, we, we, we have, I mean, you can go to our website and just see, we're very emotion-based photographers. We, we definitely thrive off of our couple's relationships and their emotion. And yes, we, we live in Colorado and it's beautiful. And 99% of the time we have them in a beautiful location. Um, But what we're very focused on are are, our couple and and their story. But having said that, we just got two new wide angle lenses. We got, we kind of trusted our photographer friends who told us that the uh, Sigma art series was just, you know, on point. And so we got the uh, 35 millimeter and a 24 millimeter, and we have been having so much fun with those lenses. We, we, we just got them a couple weeks ago. And um normally we've, we, we shoot like our, our 50 millimeter and, and 85 never left our, our cameras. And we actually shoot Nikon we shoot with the a D750 bodies. So having that full frame with two new wide angle lenses has been really cool and really a, a new challenge for us because we still want to capture our couple's relationship and emotion while getting more of that landscape in in, in the frame. So it's been a really cool challenge. And Mike loves the, the 24 and I love the 35. So we're kind of like you know, bumping into each other, trying to push the other out of, out of, the, out of the way to, to, yeah. to get the shots that we want. But yeah, those, the Sigma art lenses are just incredible. We, we, um, we were kind of nervous straying from Nikon lenses, but they've been, um, a really cool addition to our, to our gear.
0: That's awesome. We'll make sure to link to those in the show notes too. I know the Sigma art lenses have picked up popularity. I mean, it's that I I've, Uh, We've had uh, probably multiple guests on on at this point that have talked about them, and I'm certainly seeing it online as well. So um, now now it makes me want to get some, or at least give some a try. That sounds sounds really, really lovely.
1: Yeah, I felt super hipster buying them because I feel like all the the photographers I know who have them are like way hipster. But yeah, no, they've been... I actually was um, shooting in Breckenridge last night, and I just could not get enough of Hmm. I mean, shooting with that that 35 and, and 24 and just getting so much into frame, but still, again, trying to make it all about the couple was just so, so fun to, to kind of challenge myself and kind of relearn how to shoot with a wide angle lens.
0: That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I want to kind of transition into our, our focus today, which, as I mentioned earlier, has to do with how we design our photography business. And it's a, it's a loaded topic and really a broad topic. But I'm curious if you'll get us started with how you define the word design for the sake of this conversation, because it's a word that's thrown around quite a bit. I think a lot of photographers think about it and just, just specifically in relation to putting together a website. But how would you define design for the sake of this conversation?
1: Yeah. So whenever, whenever I talk about design, I'm mainly re- referring to the, the branding of, of your business, whether it's your business logo, the design of your website, or even something as simple as designing your email signature. Um, it's totally an underrated element. And in and, and my opinion, and certainly in Mike's opinion, it's the foundation and the most critical base to a business. Um, it's kind of the I'll dive more into this, but the 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 difference between being trustworthy and being not trustworthy Wow um, that's yeah. a, that's
0: a pretty powerful statement yeah I'm curious no, to, to dig into that here in just a little bit What would you say and and, and I know you're gonna kind of break this down in detail, but to, to sum it up maybe what what would you say is the significance of design to building a healthy growing photography business because I think a lot of photographers uh, first of all are thinking about just the photography itself right I, I need to be a, a good artist and create beautiful imagery for my clients. Um, we put a lot of emphasis here on the podcast about business, really business over photography, realizing that probably 80% or even more, more than that of what we do as photographers in order to create a sustainable business has to do with being an intelligent business owner. But w- what role does design play in building a healthy, growing business?
1: Yeah. So I, th- I think kind of, you I know, mean, merging two questions or ideas together, what with whether it's using design to to help your business grow or leading it to kind of suffering if if business is not important. Yeah. It it I think it it really comes down to a, a breakdown like this. Um, without professional design and branding, you kind of lack credibility. Without credibility, you lack trust from your target market, whoever your target market is. And without that trust, you have no clients. And so Obviously, design is more critical in some industries than in others, but with such a creative-based business like photography, it's totally a necessity. Um, Whoever your clients are, whoever your target market is, they're trusting you with the photography of their wedding, which is an event, obviously for most people only happens once in their life and the photos you take are the only tangible memories that they'll have of that biggest day of their life and if your branding is sloppy if your website's not professional if your logo you know looks like it was made in Microsoft Word with like papyrus just makes like <laughs> my every time we see like a truck drive by with papyrus we just cringe oh man um, yeah. yeah and so i mean in and, and if especially if your marketing materials have grammatical errors um, these are all seemingly small things, but to a potential bride or, you know, a, a, again, whoever your target market is, it can absolutely make a difference between booking, you know, a $5,000 wedding or never seeing a penny or or even an inquiry from that client. I'm not necessarily saying that design is everything, but obviously you have to back up the design with having charisma and personality that makes your clients sure. comfortable with you and, and provide you know, quality work, but without professional design, you won't even likely have the opportunity to meet or speak with, or even know about the clients that you've missed because they'll have never contacted you.
0: Well, and you actually, in, in our conversation kind of leading up to uh, this interview today, you not only mentioned your passion for design, and it's largely while we're talking about this today, but you broke it down into four elements um, and, and where you've put emphasis on design. And this is for your brand to begin with, your website, business cards, uh, which is an interesting topic in and of itself. I'm, I'm curious to, to hear your take on that. And then, Um, just general marketing. Will you kind of walk our listeners through how you've considered design for each of those elements of your business?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so whenever we started out, like I said earlier, Nathan, we only had two weddings in our portfolio and they were both family members. And I mean, you can only imagine how many times you've heard this story where people are like, I shot two weddings, I'm going to start a business, which is totally fine. But can you imagine a bride actually hiring a photographer who's only shot two weddings? Most most brides want that peace of mind and they gain that peace of mind through trust. And like I said earlier, to yeah. gain their trust and convince these brides that that we are going to meet or exceed their expectations, we personally relied heavily on design. And again, like I said, Mike's been a creative director um, for a magazine for, um, for about 15 years. He's, he's been with the magazine. So we obviously had that, that, that um, tool. And, and we knew that we had to leverage that into our business. So when we started out, we, we carefully designed the logo with clean fonts and colors that, that reflected our personalities. And I'm not saying that, you know, everything revolves around fonts and logos, but whenever you're creating a brand, it's, it's um, certainly and very, very important. And then we, from there created marketing campaigns that use professionally designed flyers and Facebook ads. And then with our business cards, we got creative with like rounded corners, spot, UV gloss, and at one point, we even had wood business cards. And at, at that point, it was kind of a whatever it takes to make us stand out in a market that usually seems very overwhelmingly saturated. We just knew we had to come up with just just a few things. We, we didn't have to reinvent the wheel, but we had to come up with, with a few things to really make us stand out. Um, for our website, it's it, it's funny because we've actually had a, co- a couple of copyright infringements on our website this year. And I it's, it's so disheartening because we spent You know, years building this website and pouring ourselves into this website, and it—it's so much more than just oh, we we picked a a a really cool theme on our website. We it—it wasn't just important to focus on on the layout, the colors, um, and like the navigation and images that we picked, but it was equally important to make all the text on the page look good. It's a field known as typography, and it's totally an art in and of itself there were certain things that we had to think of like which fonts work well together which fonts should be large and bold where is the reader's eye drawn to when when they first go to our our web page and it's amazing how subtle differences in text and text layout can completely change the look and professionalism of a uh, of a of a website oh for sure yeah mm-hmm. and then i think all ultimately Oftentimes, as a small business, you have to give the appearance that that you're bigger than than you are and that you have more experience than you do and it's not immoral to do that assuming you can confidently you know do the job that you're being asked to do it's just a matter of convincing your client to trust you and give you the opportunity to prove yourself so in, in anyway, having said all that by focusing on the design um in just one year with only again two weddings under our belt we were able to book 25 colorado weddings wow. for the following wedding season and we spent again months designing our logo and website it just it, it wasn't overnight and if you if you do go to our like a, about us page you'll see that like in 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 my column and in Mike's column, we we picked every single word on there is picked very specifically so that they are, are both both of our about us sections lined up and ended at the same point. And you can see. Um, where there's that photo of us, where I'm on Mike's back, and then there's text next to it. We again chose every single word to line up perfectly so that the text ended with the photo. Just very small things like that, picking sub subheaders and, and and headers, and what fonts should be bold. Again, it was it was it, it was a lot of work. And like I said earlier, again, we we haven't had to meet with. Any except one of our 2018 and 2019 couples, just because people will call us and be like, we love the website. This is the most professional looking, eye pleasing, informative website we have ever seen. We're booking you guys. We already know what, what 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 you're about. We know you're professional. We know you deliver quality. We're sold. So I, I know that was a lot of. Talking, not, but, not
0: at but, all. Well, and before you yeah. get into the business cards and more detail, when it came to, I mean, you mentioned your logo a number of times and designing the logo. Did you work with a professional designer, or was this something that you that you came up with on your own?
1: I did, but I'm married to him, so I kind of cheated, <laughs> <laughs> kind of cheated on that. Fair but, enough, but it's one of those things. If I mean, this is kind of, I'll, I'll mention this later in the in, in the in the conversation. But if you have $3,000 to spend on starting a business Spend, you know, naturally as a photographer, you're like, well, I got to get this camera and this lens yeah. and I got to buy this and this spend $2,500 of that on a website and hiring a designer to create branding and spend 500 on the actual equipment. Because mm. if, if, if you don't look professional, if, if you can't make yourself look bigger than you actually are, then, then you're, the, you're not going to need to use the equipment anyway.
0: Wow, that's a that's a pretty bold statement. Uh, but I, yeah. I I have to say though, I'm I'm looking at we see a lot of different logos in in the industry. I've certainly been guilty of of designing bad logos on my own, including I think I may have even <laughs> used yeah. papyrus font at one point way yeah. back in the day. So it's kind of funny that you bring that up. But I, I love the the simplicity of your logo. Uh, the choice of just two colors is really really nice. That you use the script font, but it's very easy to read, and and that's a really big deal when it comes to choosing the font type. Understanding that somebody has to be able to read that that word mark or the logo if it's small. And well, yeah,
1: and I mean, on a on a website, it is not big. Your your logo is very rarely big. You know, business cards are small, websites are even smaller. So yeah, we. I'm I'm kind of I'm indifferent about scripty fonts because I can't read 99% of right. the photographers who use scripty font. But with, 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 with this one, we actually opened this in, in, in and made it a little thicker and a little bolder. Um, but this was a very intentional, we actually just re, rebranded, um, last year and it was very intentional. It took weeks of I mean, we, we looked through so many fonts. We, we looked through so many, not necessarily color options, but something that, that definitely brought in the the masculinity of Mike, but still had that feminine touch for our our clientele, which was brides and, and having that that little bit of coral was very intentionally picked um, for, for the market that, that we're in. So everything that we did for that logo was very intentional. It wasn't just slapped together. I mean, we, we we spent a lot of time, even like the uh, kerning between the the R and the and 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 the J. We like lost sleep over that. Like <laughs> should we, do, should we do three pixels or, or five pixels. Like yeah. which, I mean, it, it was just it's it was very. It really I, makes it, a
0: significant difference, though, and I think a lot of people. And by the way, for those listening, in, kerning is just very simply the the separation or distance, if you will, between. The, the lettering can make a significant difference. when, you, when you're and, and a lot of time, that difference, you may not be able to point to what it is, but it makes a huge difference visually. I, I do like, too, the fact that you didn't just go with a simple word mark, but that you added the visual element of the mountains. And of course, that's a, an accurate reflection of your brand as well. And I don't even know if you thought about this, but I'm looking, again, I'm, I'm still on the About Us page because I love being able to have a picture of you guys as I'm, as I'm talking <laughs> yeah. to you uh, in front of me. But that the, the darker color of Taylor, the lighter color of Jones, Actually, is a mirror of the darker clothing that Mike is wearing in that picture, and the lighter clothing that you're wearing oh, that's in the picture so funny. as well, which I, is pretty I, cool. I
1: never even noticed it. <laughs> and you've
0: got the mountains in the background. I mean, it's it's yep. kind of perfect.
1: Yeah, and I mean, again, even even something as small as like I, I mean, I we Mike and I both totally agree that marketing and and design go hand in hand. But you can see on our website, you know, all the sub headers and headers that we picked, even even in marketing. People will only read, like, you know, if if you're creating marketing material, people only read the first seven words. And that is just one of those things that you learn in marketing. And so from a design perspective, it was okay, how can we fit seven or less words in X, Y, Z spots on on the website or with our marketing material? How can we make these seven words look good and stand out? And I I think it it it's really dawned on me in, in the last year that. I mean, I have friends who their work is just incredible and they don't have a logo. And I just, I can't wrap my, my head around that because they're, they're booking weddings and, and their, their work is just gorgeous, but they don't have a, like, not even like, oh, they, 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 they have a logo. It's just not professionally done. Like they just don't have a logo period. And so my, I just can't understand how a brand has an identity without and identity. And so that I think it's really come to, to both of our attention in, in, in the last year, especially how important design is. And again, just making yourself appear bigger than you actually are gaining that, that trust with your clientele. And again, we only had two weddings whenever we, we started this. And I totally think and can confidently say that design was the reason that, that we were able to book 25 weddings in that first year.
0: Well, you mentioned the the number of words that most people are going to actually take the time to read. And I think that's an important point of conversation. We've certainly brought it up here on the podcast before, but it, we live in a noisy world. And, and I don't just mean audibly so, I mean digitally so, right? We're looking at tons of text all day, every day, especially if you're spending any time on, on Instagram or Facebook. And so the less that we're forcing our potential client to have to Read through in order to get the information that they want. The better they need to be able to capture that that information as quickly as possible. And you guys have done a really good job. I think the only place that you've you've added a lot more text is on the actual reviews, where some brides are probably going to want to re- to read the, about that that full experience. And and you've got wonderful clients who've given you kind of raving reviews detailed reviews which is really really nice but when it comes to getting the information including even the the packages that you offer on the pricing page it's very very simple very straightforward they don't have to scroll through a bunch of text to understand what it is that you're offering and i think that's really important for the sake of of capturing new clients
1: yeah yeah totally and and honestly with our with our pricing page we we, we really had to work hard on the, on the text design there because we know people aren't going to read through all this text. But if we can at least, you know, make certain things bold, certain things colorful, really, really hone in on the design element, then they will read it. And again, you, you can kind of see with like those five bullet points that we have on our pricing page, they all line up. There is not one that is longer than the other. They're all the same exact length. And so that was really hard to like, Cause not only are we constrained, you know, cause people probably aren't going to read it. We're constrained because we, we literally have to fit all these to make, make it take up the same amount of space. And so, um, I mean, whenever we do website critiques for people, that's the first thing that I look at is the design element, the logo, the, the colors does, does my eye go anywhere on their website or does like. You don't want to give a potential client any excuse to leave your your website. And so making it as intriguing, making things pop whenever you hover over them or change color, doing everything you can with the design element to keep them on your website is the ultimate goal.
0: Well, the again, kudos to you guys for creating, first of all, a, a really beautiful yet simple logo. It's easy to read. I love the, the simplicity of just a couple of colors. Thank and you. of course, you've carried that over into your website really, really nicely. Again, for those of you listening in, if you haven't seen Taylor and Mike's website, make sure you go to taylorjonesphotography.com. Um, you mentioned business cards. Uh, talk to us a little bit about how this design carries over to something like business cards, which I have to add, I'm I'm not. I mean, I'm I'm surprised. We're in 2018. The fact that that business cards is still a thing, but I realize that it is. It's a reality. So it's important to even take some time in thinking about the design and layout of business cards, right?
1: Yeah, and 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 it's so funny that, that that you bring that up because it's business cards are one of those things where I feel like every year we're like, is this not obsolete yet? Like do people <laughs> yeah. still hand these out? Yeah. But I mean I, I think ultimately your your logo and, and website are your first impression, hands down no questions asked there. You very rarely meet people at the grocery store and you're like, Oh, you're engaged. I'm a photographer. Here's my, and like your, your business card is very rarely nowadays, your first impression. It's your, your website, your branding, your logo, the the design that you put into making yourself look professional, look bigger than you are. But having said that your business card can either make or break you know, anything from, from that point forward. And so having a professionally made business card and not just, uh, you know, not just the, the 500 free ones from Vistaprint can be a huge deal breaker, whether it, it, you know, how does it feel? It's the only tangible thing other than prints that you're going to give a potential client. And so, you know, does it feel well-made? Does it pop? Does it stand out in their wallet or does it just blend in with, with the rest of the stuff that they have in their print? Person or wallet. So whenever we made our our business cards, we 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 knew that they were more or less like the cherry on top of looking professional or not professional. And so we decided to go and just spend some extra money on an actual quality printer. And there's there's a lot of options out there and yes, you're going to pay a little extra, but you you don't need 10,000 business cards. Maybe a you know, a hundred by the time you're actually able to hand them all out. And so I think spending the money on that is totally critical. But we ended up doing two rounded corners on our business card. So we have two sharp corners and two rounded corners, again, because we just wanted to stand out yeah. in some wallet. And then we have two sides of our business card and, and one side has our logo on it and it's just the our, you know, all of our pretty colors on a white backdrop. But we made that that logo have a spot UV over it, which if you don't know what a spot UV is, imagine like a a, a matte business card with a, a glossy um accent. Okay. And so our 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 logo is that glossy accent. And then the other side just has, you know, our contact, our our, our name, some more of the fun colors put into it but again we just wanted some way to stand out again in people's wallets and their purse, cuz they're going to grab their your your card and toss it in their purse and i you know it's it's a sad re- realization they're not going to hang it up on their fridge or frame it <laughs> but yeah. but whenever they do need to to find it you don't want them looking through all the other free Free business cards that somebody either printed at home or right. or got as a promotion that feel kind of flimsy. You definitely want that quality because I, I do think it's kind of that that make or break. Like, wow, this this feels professional. This feels like I can trust them versus uh, this feels like they printed it at, at home and there's smudges and it's ripped. So. Well, and, so. and
0: to our earlier point too, would you agree that it's important to keep the information on that card minimal as well, so they're not having to read through a bunch of text just to get the to the vital information?
1: Yeah, ab- absolutely. I think. I mean, I, I I know that it's kind of in to put photos on on a business card. We personally don't do that because all it takes is for one photo that one person's like, eh, I don't really like this to not book you. But all they had to do was actually go to your website and be like, wow, I love a hundred of these photos. And there's only one that I kind of am not really a fan of But that one that they weren't really a fan of was the one that you thought was just epic and put on your business card. Then, then you've just missed out on that potential client. And so I think, yeah, having your uh, logo and then yeah, your, your name, phone number, website, email, that's all you need. We've seen, we've, we've actually worked with people and designing business cards for them. And they want to put again, real estate, wedding photographer, engagement shoots, family shoots. And it's like, all you want to do is get them to your website. Once you get them to your website, you have probably sold them, but you, you don't need them trying to filter through all this random stuff. That's Quite frankly, pretty irrelevant um, at the point. At, at you know, at, at that time, it's completely irrelevant. You just sure. want them to to get to your site.
0: That's that's great, great advice. And then take us to how this translates to to marketing material. And I, you know, maybe this is your social media, or maybe you're actually giving potential clients tangible, physical marketing material. What what is the design element of your marketing efforts look like?
1: Yeah. So we spend like almost an embarrassing amount of time on actual marketing material, just because we'll design something and then we'll sit and stew on it, especially if it's going to go to the printer. We'll, we'll think about it and then we'll make changes the next day. And then we'll come back to it a couple of days later. Um, But I think for us, especially picking, you know, two or three very striking images is, is important, but the actual design, I, I can't tell you how frustrated we get whenever we see text that doesn't line up or, or, or there's, you know, things aren't centered, um, or there's grammatical errors. I mean, it's just such small things are like, again, the, the kerning or spacing between sentences is off. It's just, it's again, kind of that, that fine line of looking professional and looking like you really didn't care or have the, 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 the time to put to put into your business, there are a lot of great resources out there. If, if if you're not a designer, that's totally fine. There's a lot of great resources out there. There's designers that you can hire to, to execute what what your vision is, and it really doesn't cost all that much. You know, maybe five to thirty dollars to have somebody design some marketing material for you that looks. Just incredible, is eye catching and really makes a statement as to who you are with your your business and and and, and how serious you take your your business and and um, reaching that potential client.
0: And what type of I mean, are you printing out? I know some photographers will create magazines that encompass all that their business offers. Maybe maybe they're creating just pamphlets or individual little brochures. I mean, it, again, saying that out loud, even as um, kind of funny to me. We're in 2018. You think most things are, are digital, but if if you are creating a tangible product, marketing material for your business, what types of materials are you creating?
1: Yeah, so we've we've actually started designing a, a, a digital magazine, more more or less, just a, to 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 give to our couples after they book. That kind of answers all the questions. But my goodness, I mean, we started that. And we were months in and we were like, this is really time consuming just because we, we were spending a lot of time on the, the layout and the design and the, and the colors and what text that we, that we needed to use and what text was going to fit and how the typography was going to look. So it was that ultimately became very time consuming. And so we're still working on designing that, that magazine for us personally, we we've done everything from I'm not even kidding soliciting material like we made business cards and hung them up on like the greater part of boulder doors <laughs> for people whenever we started because I yeah. was like I don't, I don't know what's what's gonna work so we just kind of got creative and we printed postcards that had some of our work on it and call us for this information. We printed bookmarks and dropped them off at libraries. We created Facebook posts. And honestly, I, I, I think that the, the Facebook marketing was the most time consuming part because it's either going to captivate someone or it's not. And so we spent a really long time on the design of, of our Facebook ads. And that's honestly how we booked a, a lot of our weddings that first year. Was using design to our advantage and designing these really nice, you know, Facebook ads that just made made sense. They were seven words and they had one image, and it was very clear and concise. Um, we want to work, you know. I, I don't remember what it what it said exactly, but there was a, a, a landing page that they went to on on our website. We didn't just send them to, you know, our our homepage. There sure. was a a, a secret landing site that, that they ended up at with like, you know, special pricing or whatever. But again, we spent a really long time on designing that landing page. It wasn't just thrown together. I mean, it had a lot of elements of design that kept them on that page and kept them wanting more and wanting to learn more and going to other pages on the website. But yeah, I I think for us, um, social media and using, Using design for social media again, like 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 you said, we live in a very noisy world, and so something that doesn't look good, nobody's going to give the the time of day to look at.
0: Yeah, certainly, it's true, and and not only should it look good, but to your earlier point, I mean, seven words and an in an ad, I think it's it's a brilliant example of that minimalism. I mean, you have to think through the words that you're actually putting there, but keeping the words to a minimum so that they don't have to spend a whole lot of time reading through the material is so, so important. People don't have a lot of time, and, and um, they're not going to make a lot of time. You got to think about yeah. that in the way that you design the materials that you're using for your marketing. So uh, maybe we can get a picture of, of maybe one of those ads that you used, your business card. We can put that in the show notes yeah, for this for podcast sure. for our listeners to be able to see. But just in closing, would you mind just sharing a few ideas, kind of tangible takeaways for our listeners that they can consider or even and implement and the development of their business, the, the way that they're implementing design in their business today?
1: Yeah, for sure. I think so. The first thing I think first and foremost, Mike and I both agreed is create a professional logo, or if, if you already have a logo, then reevaluate your, your logo. If, if you post it on Facebook or send your logo to family and friends, it's highly unlikely that they're going to say, any usable feedback or anything really helpful. Um, cause nobody has the heart to say, you know, that logo looks like crap. So <laughs> do, do yourself a favor, hire a professional designer. Um, I I'm, I'm not trying to put like a plug in for us, but we love design. We love branding. We love helping businesses create that identity, whatever it, it is. So, you know, reach out to a friend, reach out to, to somebody who really has a passion for design and specializes in design. Um, and then they'll be able to, you know, they'll, they'll ask you, a, you know, a, a, any professional will ask you about your brand, who your target market is, the image that you want to project in your logo, Um, it's not something that just gets slapped together in in 30 seconds, your brand begins with your logo. And so absolutely, absolutely invest in it. And so that would be number one, email a designer, get it out there and start kind of brainstorming what it is that, that, that that you want to portray in your, in your business.
0: Perfect. Take us to number two, if you will.
1: Number two is do the same for your website. If not more so, um, your website is the single most important element in your marketing efforts and getting who you are out there into the community. Um, do not, do not, do not skimp here. Um, there's, there are oodles of templates available online. If, if you go to like, um, themeforest.net or or.com, I'm not sure which one it is, but theme Forest has just thousands of website templates that are available online that you can kind of utilize as a starting point if, if if you want, and they're great if you don't have any design capabilities. But if you don't have any design capabilities and you don't want to learn how to use a template, then absolutely invest in hiring a designer to help you. Um, and like like I said earlier, if you have three thousand dollars available to start a photography business, hire a designer. Spend twenty five hundred on the actual website, and then five hundred, and you know whatever lens you 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 want to buy. Um, it's it's totally that important to just spend that much time and energy and give your business what it deserves, which is that time and 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 hard work and creating something that people are going to to want to. You know they just can't get enough of you. They they want to work with you. You look professional. There's no doubt in their mind that you're the one to be there for their special day or special event.
0: And and it is themeforest.net, so we'll make sure to link to that in the show notes as well. For those Mm -hmm. listening in, you can check out that resource. And then do you have a, a last big takeaway that our listeners should keep in mind?
1: Yeah, this this one's kind of broad, but it's it's super important. Just start studying design. Um, I'm not suggesting that you go get a college degree in it, <laughs> but but simply just get familiar with what good design versus bad design looks like. Um, look at some successful businesses and their websites, rather than hopping around the internet from from site to site. Take you know actually sit down and take some some time and a few extra minutes to look at how each page is laid out. Where do your eyes go when you first get to that page? Why do they go there? Google questions like what makes a professional logo or what are some examples of a good website design versus a bad website design? One of the things that I was looking up was like um, Trader Joe's. You know, everybody knows Trader Joe's or or, or Whole Foods. They were very, they're they're both very different businesses. And there's a blog on online stuff somewhere about them, but their, their design is very intentional, who, who they're targeting is very obvious in their branding. And there's just no question about, you know, how they run their business, how they designed everything it was very intentional to target a certain market. So just kind of, you know, start flirting with the idea of paying more attention to, to design and, and how things look and why they look that way and why you're interested in them or not interested in them.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. And there really are so many resources out there. Just simply making the effort to go to Google and doing a search can can bring up a lot of information. One of the things that I've done on multiple occasions is to search minimalist web website design. Yeah. And that's been extremely inspiring as well to see how other companies or other designers have taken away that noise that we're talking about while still effectively guiding that that individual, the potential client through their brand and through their website without the extra, uh, I guess, without the clutter, really. Because I think think it's easy, especially as photographers, we're like, we want to make sure we get as many images up there and talk all about our brand and and the service and our background and our history. And and then the the websites just become so cluttered and they get in the way of actually selling the the brand and the service effectively. And so it's important
1: to... Which I mean, and, and and that's a hard balance too. We have a lot of text on our website, but it's because Google requires a lot, of, you know, sure. that all, and, and then you just jump into SEO, which is like learning Chinese. I mean, it's just a totally different <laughs> yeah. thing, but, but Google requires you to have lots of text, but you can make it look good and make people actually want to read it and entice people by studying typography and, and learning, you know, how, how to guide people's eyes to where you ultimately Want them to go. So it's just it's definitely a big learning curve, And I've spent a lot of years studying it and 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 learning from Mike. Um he's very stubborn and strict on on his design. He again, will you know move things two two pixels to the left or right for about two days trying to figure out which which direction looks better. So, yeah, just just spending some time, really studying that, that side of things.
0: Well, this has been a loaded topic and, and a conversation loaded with lots of information. And I, I really appreciate, Taylor, you taking time to share your perspective and what you and Mike have um, learned and implemented in your business regarding design. Where can our listeners learn more about what you're doing? Where can they follow you online and on social media?
1: Yeah, thank you. So we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram. If if you go to our uh, website, TaylorJonesphotography.com and scroll to the bottom, all of our icons are there. But if you just if you go on Facebook and look up Taylor Jones Photography, we're there. And then our um, Instagram handle is at Taylor Jones Photography.
0: Perfect. Thank you truly so much for making time to share with the Boca podcast today. Um, We'll make sure to link to all these resources in the show notes. But Taylor, thanks so much for sharing with the Boca podcast listeners.
1: Yeah, thank, thank you, Nathan.
0: Thanks so much for listening to the Boca podcast today. Will you let us know what you think by leaving a review of the podcast in iTunes or maybe in the Apple podcast app? And I'd love to hear from you personally with your thoughts about the podcast, maybe suggestions about future topics and guests for the show. My direct email is nathan at com. The Boca Podcast is brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Just visit photographersedit.com.